All right. So welcome back to Patriots to the Core. Um, I'm Thad Fortune. I've got Brian Jodas with me today. This is episode 95 or 96. I don't know which one it's going to be yet, Brian, but you're representing Jag 28 t-shirt. Appreciate that. Representing your alma mater, App State. I even I even brought if you wanted me to. Oh, you got a Bama cap too. I could switch to a Bama cap too, buddy. Well, you've got good taste. Yeah, man. Yeah. Roll tide. Roll tide. (laughs) Yeah, I like your setup back there. I see a few flags and and a folded. Who's the? What about the folded flag back there? Yeah, so that folded. There's a. There's two of them, right? There's the one over this shoulder, right? Yep. In the case which my dad flew over the desert, uh, right after Desert Storm, uh, what they called Southern Watch, right? So on the back end of Desert Storm. Um, you know, and so he flew that one in an F-15 on deployment. That's the one in the case, the small folded one on the other shoulder. There's, there's sentimental reason to, but it's, it's nothing that the listeners will think is too incredible, but it just was a flag that was on a pole outside of our family's house in Shalote, North Carolina, Ocean Isle beach, my grandparents' house that they retired to and built. And we recently swapped it out. That one was old and weathered and tattered. And so you know, I just folded it up and stuck it back there on the case because it still had a little bit of life to it. And I thought it would be good to have it here. And it's a piece of, right, uh, a, a place that's special to our family and uh, a place that helped mold me and my brothers as kids hanging out there with our grandfather, hearing stories about all the great things he did in World War II and the Korean War. So I grabbed it and threw it back there too. Yeah. Is that, is your, with your dad and granddad and maybe any other family members, is that what led you to kind of start, pick up the six podcast? Yeah. Um, I mean, my dad's the, is one of the main reasons and it's an interesting sort of Genesis and we'll probably talk a little bit more about F3 as we go in later, but I started working out with this men's fitness group and really a leadership organization in 2017. And I was hanging out with these guys. I'm a former broadcaster. I was a TV sports anchor it was like when you're watching the local news and it's like, let's go to Brian on sports. Like that was what I did for a while. And so I have a, I have a skill set and I know that and I know that's what God created me to do is to share stories. And I got around all these incredible guys, right? I'm in proximity to all these amazing men and leaders in their communities. And I thought, boy, it'd be really neat if we just started up a little short podcast where I just interviewed these guys after the workouts. So I just whip my phone out and I do these little six minute interviews. And, and in F3, we have a phrase we use a lot called pick up the six, which means just go back and get the guys who are, who are in the back, right? Guys are lagging behind. If you get back to a parking lot after an evolution or a run, we go pick up the six. And I thought, boy, it'd be neat to sort of pick up the six with these episodes and just interview these guys. And, and so we kind of just had some fun with it, screwed around, screwed around a little bit, but it, but it kind of started building a little momentum. And then um, I just got to a point where I wanted to go a little bit deeper and I wanted to share some larger stories and uh, and I thought, you know what? It's a really cool name. I think it's a cool brand. And I'd like to go out and introduce people to folks who have gone above and beyond through service, purpose, and impact. And quite frankly, I looked at my dad as an example. My father had an incredible 36-year career in the United States Air Force. He was a fighter pilot, a commander, well-decorated. He's my personal hero. Uh, and I said, but you know what? Unless you served with him, people don't have not heard of him, he, right? He, he, yep. Right? I thought, man, it'd be really neat to share stories about people like that. Um, and so that's what we did. That's what we started up in February 2021. Dude, you're closing on 100. That's incredible. We're at about buck 20 something. So we're pacing each other as we go through this thing. So so that's a sort of genesis as to how this whole thing kind of got started. Well, you're you're popping out about two a week still, aren't you? Yeah. When we got going at the beginning, I thought it'd be 
it'd be really good to be intentional with cranking a bunch. We're doing two or three a week, but I usually do about one or two a week now at this point, mm-hmm. um, just to keep, right. Keep the thing going, find guests uh, that sort of hit with what we're doing. Uh, so yeah, that's about where we're at. Yeah. I remember when I was wanting to start mine and I was like, well, look, I don't know. I don't, just don't know if I can keep this going. Mm. And so my buddy of mine said, look, just start. Even if you have to do every other week, just do something. I was like, yeah, you're right. As long as I'm consistent, I don't think it matters. So I started out every two weeks and I was yep. dead on always every two weeks for a few years until I just, you know, and I've shared many times, I just couldn't anymore. So now I do when I can. I still release them always on a Monday. That's when mine go. Yours are like a, a Wednesday or something, aren't they? Yeah, it kind, of, it kind of depends for us. You know, I just finished up uh, editing an episode that I'm going to throw up today when we're done. So I, I'm a bit more um, uh, kind of shoot from the hip sometimes, right? Like we got some ready, but then I also try to be intentional around special episodes, mm-hmm. you know, like 9-11 memorials, Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Operation Red Wings is a big one for us here. And we'll talk a little bit about just sort of our connection there with those guys. So it's just, I, I kind of base it on if we've got something ready to go. And then also I've seen, I've seen some success launching some on Saturday mornings too, as people sort of slide into their weekends. So it kind of depends on what we're doing, who we're talking That's to. That's a thought. Yeah. I don't, do it. I don't know that ever, I didn't put a lot of thought into a, um, a week or at least not a Saturday morning one anyway. I mean, you but, got choring yeah. to do, right? When's your choring mm-hmm. happening? You know, get, get going in the yard on Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. put something in the earbuds, right? The, the, the commute listener is dwindling. I know right? our commutes are not that far from the breakfast table to our home office for a lot yeah. of people. So I think you've got to think about right, when might people be consuming. And if it's if, like my friends on a letter, Kenny say, if you're doing choring, that's not a bad time to do it. No, that's right. Hey, my commute just is went away and I had an yeah. hour each. So I had right. two hours in the right. car. Right. No more Audible subscription for me. So I'm reading less books and the books I am reading are all back to the physical, physical copies now. Yeah. So here's what you do then. Uh, get up, uh, get a little workout in and and instead of having your commute, maybe throw a rucksack on and go for a nice walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. Time. Do plenty you know? of that. I know you do. Yeah. You and I are both big fans of, of Go Ruck. I know that. So mm-hmm. um, what about what about Operation Red Wings, Brian? What's your connection there? What's your plan uh, or what have you done? Uh, no, I've just I've gotten the, the first connection is this. My birthday is June 28th, 1981. Operation Red Wings was June 28th, 2005. And so I, I don't know. I've just always felt a, a duty uh, and a commitment to continue to share the story of all the incredible brave warriors that were a part of that. And our, and the United States is full of, of incredible history of warriors going above and beyond through many conflicts and many operations, but just something about the story of the four seals embedded in the, the incredible firefight that ensued the way that the three laid down their lives. And then the heaven and earth that our nation moved with, with all the resources to go get one person in Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor. And then I've just had the the pleasure and honor of meeting and talking to people that were there that day that were connected to it. I, I just, I don't know, man. I just, there's something about that, that I just feel a personal responsibility to continue to share the story. And then you think about, right. The 16 other that get on that Chinook helicopter to go in to try to help them that don't make it out. You know, that that's a tough loss. It was a huge loss uh, for our nation, you know, and without extortion 17, it's likely, I think, the largest 
right? 17 surpassed it uh, a few years later. So, or extortion one seven. Um, so I don't know, man, I've just, I've always felt a bit of a connection there, you know, and I've always tried to use my birthday as a day to, to do a Murph or, or to lead yeah. a workout that sort of honors them and, and to put those guys first. And, you know, the second episode we did of our show was with Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Spanky Peterson, who flew the Payhawk helicopter that picked Marcus up. And that's another, like, you think about like why we started the show. I was literally watching. I wouldn't figuratively been watching. So it was a terrible use of the word. Literally. I was watching Lone Survivor one Friday night. Like the whole family was asleep. House is quiet. I'm like, cool. Let's put on Lone Survivor. Let's have a whiskey and let's honor these guys. And I'm watching the movie. And I think they did a really good job with the movie. And I know not all of it's accurate, but I'm watching the part where Wahlberg who plays Latrell gets picked up and they put him on the helicopter after the harrowing rescue mission. And the pilot looks over his shoulder and then flies the pave hawk up. And I'm like, well, who the hell's that guy? Yeah. Who's the guy that picked up the six that day? And it's an Air Force reservist named Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Spanky Peterson. And this crew of six guys that not even a movie could recreate. I mean, these guys on his reserve crew are incredible. The, the FE, this is 2005, right? June 28, 2005. The FE, the guy who helps him on the helicopter, was in freaking Vietnam. He's still in the reserves. The PJs, the guys on the back who have to get off the bird to pick up Marcus to bring him back on, who, by the way, put a red dot on his chest and almost shot him because he's in Afghan gear and the Rangers were behind him, so they didn't know who he was. The guy was like a college student. It's amazing, this group. <laughs> um, so I just, I don't know, I've just always felt some sort of some sort of duty, right, to continue to share the story of Red Wings even all these years. And got got a chance to talk to Dan Murphy, Mike Murphy's dad. He was amazing. Um, so I, I think that's a big reason behind it. Yeah. So how many people, how many times has that pilot been interviewed? I don't know. I, I mean, most people I don't know, don't know man. Him. And God, God, God helped me, right? God interceded because I thought, let me see if I can figure out who this guy is. So then I just started digging, right? I found some old articles. I found the reserve wing that he flew out of. I found his name and I just by chance sent him a Facebook message and those don't always get to you and people don't mm -hmm. always check them. And Spanky did. And he said, man, I'd love to talk about it. And not a lot, right? Not a lot. Um, and so to, to hear him tell the story of, and it's a lot different than how it happened in the movie. In the movie, it's in daylight. In reality, it was in the dark of night. In reality, they were in a brownout. He almost crashed the helicopter. They all could have died. I mean, it was really an incredible feat. And again, it just, there's a lot of crap out there. And uh, a lot of people in power would have you believe that we're this incredibly divided nation. But I'll remind you that it is the United States of America that will move heaven and earth to retrieve one asset, one person, right? And that's what we did on that day. And that's what we continue to do. Uh, and so that's why I really like sharing stories like that. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm, I, I'd forgotten about that, but I can see his picture right now for, mm -hmm. on your, your episode because I, I listened to it for over a year ago. I know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, great one. And I love that you you have some of these people, the guy from the USS Cole. Uh, oh, man, Commander Lippold. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I um, when we I left television in 2010 and we moved to D.C. and I started working for a, a nonprofit that serves Gold Star families like yours, uh, and it's called Military Families United. And I was a communications guy there and Kirk Lippold, the commander of the Cole, the day it was attacked in 2000 uh, in Yemen was our sort of senior military fellow. And he did a lot of uh, policy work for us. You know, he did a lot of work with families. He was a great spokesman for the organization. 
And I got to know Kirk very well then uh, and helped him uh, when he released his book called Front Burner, Al-Qaeda's Attack on USS Cole. And so I just, I've known him for, for over 10 years, 12 years now. Uh, he's an incredible human, uh, a great man, and was thrust into an incredible moment of disruption. I mean, they're in the middle of refueling at this port of Aden in Yemen. It's 2000, mind you, right? The year before 9-11. Before 9-11, there was 10-12, right? Uh, and so they're refueling and just this incredible explosion. And he tells the story of being in his quarters doing routine paperwork when at, I want to say 9-18 in the morning, but I could be wrong about that. This incredible explosion happens. He's lifted up out of his seat. And he tells a story of going into his desk, grabbing his sidearm, walking out of his quarters to face his destiny because they didn't know what was happening. And uh, it's an amazing story. He tells it so incredibly well. And again, in there, right, lives lost, but dozens of sailors saved because their crew sprung into action to save their fellow man. They, they, <laughs> Dad, they were using buckets like a bucket brigade to get water off of this naval fighting craft to save it from sinking. Uh, it's amazing. And he tells that entire story. He tells the story of when they sort of limp out of the port after all is said and done and they're headed home and how they put on Kid Rock's American badass to send a message. So just very fortunate. And I thought, you know what? Who better to kick this thing off? Episode one back right. in February of 2021, Kirk Lippold, just a great, great yeah, guy. Yeah, because he was speaking, you know, the perspective was not just as someone who experienced something bad and, and was a survivor. He was the commander, right? He was the leader. And yeah. so he had, oh, yeah. he had he was to, a skipper that day. Yep. I mean, he had to exude that leadership and that still keeps right. some calmness about him. And yeah. And he had to trust his people, right? He had to trust his people around him. He had to send his right-hand person um, into aid in Yemen, like into Yemen to go run logistics. She had to leave the ship, right? Go do all this work. So there's a lot of trust, right? There's a lot of training. There's a lot of faith. Uh, it's an incredible story. And it's one that we shouldn't forget as well. I mean, yeah, 2000 seems like a long time ago, but 17 sailors lost their lives on that day. And so we continue to come back to it. And it's one that here in a little less than a month, yeah. Right. We'll replay that episode on that day for sure. Well, what what kind of impact have these interviews had on you? Well, for me, I mean, it's just I mean, talk about just gratitude and, and fulfillment to be able to talk to so many incredible people. Obviously, it just it feels good to be able to share their stories. Sometimes it's not easy, man. I mean, you know, I've got an episode coming up here soon with uh, Kyra Ortega. Her husband was killed. Uh, in combat. So, so those ones, right. Even when you and I talked about Mark and his sacrifice and yeah, we're just so grateful. I just, I try not to take it for granted, you know, what we ask some of our interviewees to do, to, to share those stories. Cause I know it, it can't be easy to go back into some of those emotions, but I hope that by sharing the stories for the folks that tell them, it helps them in that process. And for the folks that listen I think there's just a lot we can glean from. I mean, I take stuff from all of them uh, and just so grateful to be able to talk to so many incredible people. And they all don't have to be these amazing war heroes, which we've had plenty of, you know, recent episodes with guys like Eddie Penny. Eddie Penny is a legit door breaching Navy SEAL badass. Incredible, right? Warrior. He's a warrior. He's an armor mm -hmm. of God warrior. 
He'll tell you that Ephesians six all the way. He's a great dude, right? Guys like that, or, or even Nick Lavery, right? Nick Lavery, badass, was shot in, in combat, lost his leg, fully rehabilitated Green Beret back to the battlefield, right? Those guys are warriors. Yeah. But then there's, then there's guys like, uh, like my man, happy, right? Happy Wade, who was just walking out on a Friday morning to take his wife to work. When a rabid bobcat came running up the street, jumped on his wife's shoulder, he pulled it off of her, threw it in the lawn, took out his side piece, shot the bobcat, saved his wife. Right? Like, that's just a regular dude, man, picking up the six in his driveway. That guy's a warrior, too. When did that one come out? That was early, man. I think it's like, um, I want to say it's episode 11. I don't have the number. Okay. Me, I just know, I don't again. remember if I heard that one or not, but it just it's, sounds it's so early. Familiar. So you'd have to go. Yeah, you'd have to go back in the archives a little bit, but it's great. Like. <laughs> And they, you know, they're just heading out on a Friday morning, you know, and he just takes care of business. So just stuff like that, man, you know, just, it's very fulfilling. I'm just very grateful. Uh, you know, I thank I thank the creator every day for the chance to be able to meet these people and just talk to them and get to know them a little bit and, and introduce them to the, to the folks that listen to what we do over there. Have you ever had a guest either say, Hey, I don't want to talk about that or come back to you later and say, Hey, we cut that out. I, I, yeah. I, I wish I hadn't shared that. Uh, I've never had anybody ask me to cut anything out. Um, you know, most of the time, if I think we're going to talk about rarely, we, we don't talk about sort of um, hypercharged, you know, issues. Sometimes maybe we do. But for example, um, Victoria McCausland came on the show and her husband was a special operator, a part of an incredible mission that I mentioned earlier. And she just said, you know, out of respect to his memory and his legacy, we don't really say team names. We don't really talk about op names. You know, we don't, I don't mm -hmm. really get into all that. Now, if you listen to the episode and you hear the dates and, and the time in which she lost her husband in combat, you can piece it together. But that was one where I knew going into it. Hey, Roger that we'll be totally sensitive to it. Yeah. The listeners might be able to piece it together, but if that's how you want to do it, that's totally cool. So I try to talk to folks beforehand not not every single episode do we have a chance to sort of have a pre-chat but i love to do that just to get a sense to say hey what do you want to talk about what do you not want to talk about most people just are an open book and just you know happy to yeah to share their stories but i've never had one where it was like hey take that part out i've had parts of interviews where i might have fumbled on something or if i might have screwed up a detail i might go back and try to redo it but i treat most of them what we call in the tv business live to tape you know i try to just hit record yeah. have the conversation, clean it up a little bit, you know, throw the bumpers on the front and the back, throw an ad on, get it up and get it going. And most people are like, dang, dude, I can't believe you got it out. <laughs> got that out so quick, but you know, we're kind of just churning and burning over here. Yeah. I think, I think most of us as listeners appreciate that anyway, you know, as a creator, I know for me, I want mine to be just perfect. Of course, going back and listening to early ones, it's really painful because I didn't edit anything hardly. I do a little more editing now, but I still like to also just, leave some of the screw ups in there. Sure. Um, you ever had somebody come back to you or no, someone maybe that listened to it and they were upset with something that was said or what you, what you covered. No, I never have. I mean, I, I had more of that working in real television, right. In real media than I ever have on this side of it. Um, I mean, I got kicked out of a couple of football practices uh, for some stories that we ran because the head coach at a major university didn't quite like the way in which we put it all together. Yeah. Uh, so no, not, not since doing the podcast. Um, it we've, we've been very fortunate just to get a lot of great feedback and 
you know, most of the people are just fired up, you know, some people more than others, right? Some people are busy, right? I wish everybody would share every episode and, you know, post it on all their social media and all that, but it's all good, man. We've had a lot of fun just getting to know these people. And I, I think because like what you're doing, right? We we're just coming at it from a standpoint of let's create some really cool stories. Let's share some stories about service, purpose, and impact, uh, and let the rest of it kind of fall mm-hmm. where it does. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I had a I had someone contact me once who was not interviewed, but it, she was a family member of one of my guests, hmm. and she was pretty upset with some things that were said by the guest, and because this person was involved in the story as well, yeah, and yeah. so. She contacted me and wanted to talk and I was thinking, oh no, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved in this spat is the way I right. looked at it at first. Right. But I ended up talking now, to this her. This is between you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. uh, I did ended up talking to her and her husband and they were, you know, they were great and they explained their situation and I understood. So then I talked to my guest and said, Hey, I just want you to know, I talked to this person and mm. this is their concern and this is what they would like. I, I'm not sure the best way how to address this. What do y'all think? And so, I finally came back and said, okay, how about I just go back and cut these few sections out? And they were good with that. And so I just mm-hmm. went back. And, I mean, the, the podcast had obviously launched. I went back in, edited it a little bit, cut a few things out and um, repushed it. And did, I didn't make a big deal about it, but I hope it made them feel better. And, and I think well, it was the move, best right? way could, to fix it. Yeah, you could have been like, no. <laughs> Yeah, just leaving it be. Right. But I think there's something to that. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, like not everything we talk about, everybody's going to be all into some episodes. We go a lot deeper into the faith component. Some episodes we go a lot deeper into the religious component. I mean, there's episodes where we're we got scripture that's out there and like that's who we are. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I would say is be consistent, be authentic. Right. And so that's, that's what we do. That's how we do it here. We got some episodes where I've had some guys on that have let, you know, let loose with the language. Yeah. And uh, I say, hey, I give my mom a heads up because I know she's a loyal listener. I said, hey, Double J, just uh, be on the lookout. <laughs> had a former SEAL on and he's got he had a loose tongue. Yeah. Uh, and so that's just the way it goes sometimes. You well, know, the I'm most bleeping, important. I'm not bleeping it out, right? Just, yeah. Just go in there and mark it as explicit. And that's probably yeah. the best way to, you know. Yeah. I mean, we're not we're not Rogan. We're not Joe Rogan this thing, right? Where it's four hours of anything under the sun, right? Most yeah. of ours are 30, 40 minutes. A couple that have gone a little bit longer. You know, I had Eric Maddox on episode seven. Eric was the chief interrogator that did all the interrogations the last, I don't know, four, five, six months leading up to the capture of Saddam Hussein. And the way this guy tells the story that it's like listening to a movie. I mean, he weaves it together in such an incredible way. And it's one of my most proudest episodes and it's an early one, but Eric and I did a lot of pre-talk before it because I, I had, I had heard his story a few times. I'd watched him tell it a few times. So I knew the ways in which it would sort of bob and weave and, it is like listening to a movie because they're so close to catching people connected to Saddam all these times and they just keep missing him. I mean, you really couldn't write it, but I knew there was a part of Eric's personal history that actually tied into capturing Saddam Hussein, his job as an interrogator. And I said, Hey, Eric, I want to try something. I know this thing about you and I'm not going to tell everybody now if it's okay with you. I'd love for them to go listen to the episode to hear what the big reveal is. But I said, I know this thing about you. I know sort of a spot in the story where we're going to be hanging by a thread and I want to yank you out of Tikrit and I want to take you back 15 years, 20 years. He's like, oh man, that's going to be tough. But if you think we can do it, like let's do it. And we did it. And I think we pulled it off really well. What episode? Do you remember? It's number seven, Eric Maddox, uh, capturing Saddam Hussein, the Ace of Spades. 
Uh, no, spoiler alert, they got him. <laughs> and, yeah, because uh, I'm going to reference a few of these. Yeah, it was, I was, that I one I usually one. listen to at least once a year because of Eric, right? The way he tells the story is amazing and his willingness to go with me back in time. We kind of back to the future and then we pop back into the story. And uh, I thought it was really neat. I'm very grateful for him and, and for that one. I text him every night. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm such a fan of him and he's such a good guy. Well, what's next for pick up the six and for yeah, you? I think we're, yeah, I think we're going to keep cranking, right? I mean, uh, we're going to continue to look for stories to tell in podcast form. And I think we're looking for more stories to tell uh, from a video standpoint as well, right? So back in March, I got to travel to the USS Yorktown for Medal of Honor Day. We did a bunch of audio and video content from that. And then back at the end of July, I went back. I love going to Charleston. I went back to Charleston to the Yorktown with my friends at Force Blue and South Carolina 7 and 56 Brave. And we're part of this incredible effort to build these artificial reefs off the coast of South Carolina. And we did a, we did video content from that one where we told the story from out in the field. Yeah. And so I think we're going to look for more opportunities like that. And we've got a new partnership coming up with our friends at the National Grassroots Broadcasting Network, NGBN.TV, which is a network dedicated to men in their 40s, 50s, and 60s to try to create a platform for men to consume content really with the ultimate goal of saving men from getting to that point in their life where they feel like there's not much left out there for them. And there's a pandemic of men being removed from their families because they're taking their own lives. And so I'm really excited to be a part of that new venture. And so a lot of our content's going to start popping up on there as well. So you just go to ngbn.tv and uh, we're going to start pushing some content there as well too, which should be pretty cool. Hey, what about the guy that started Black Rifle Coffee Company? I forgot his name, Neil. Did he? He died recently. Was it suicide? I think it was. So, so Black Rifle is, uh, is it Evan? Those are different. Those might be different guys. Now they might've had a partner that was associated with it. Yeah. I tried to have those guys on before. They're massive now, mm-hmm. right? They're huge. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but the guys that are, I think most of the guys that started it, started it are still around. But man, there's just, I mean, look, we, we've we had interviews with guys like Evan Owens, who's from Reboot Recovery, um, guys like uh, Phil from Warrior Wad. There's a lot of groups out there that are focusing in on, and we do a lot of it at F3. My friends at NGBN are going to be doing it. Uh, I know Ray Cash Care has been on the show as a big proponent of this. Just, just this male uh, suicide rate is, uh, yeah. it's a real problem. And so I think we're trying to lean into that space as much as we can and and hopefully continue to create organizations like our friends at the PTSD Foundation. We just had them on from Camp Hope down in Houston. Like there's resources out there and these warriors that go do incredible things on behalf of our country come home with a lot of weight. Dude, I talked to this guy, Chris O'Toole. Chris was part of mass grave ex- excavations, right? Where they had, when they were in Iraq, they basically had to go out, find these mass graves where the bad guys would come through, kill a bunch of people, throw them in the dirt, and they'd have to go take them out. Like Chris came home with a lot of weight on his shoulders, man. Yeah. Chris got the sure. help he needed. Others don't. And so we're trying to, I think, share some of those stories too. So that guys, specifically guys know, like there's something else out there for you. Please don't do the one thing that we can't undo, right? This one thing that you do, we can't undo it. That's the one thing. Uh, and there's hope out there for you. So I think part of what we're trying to do with some intentionality is find more groups, more organizations, more people to share those stories like that too. Yeah, that, that's that's so important. And 
And, and I apologize. I don't remember his name because I wasn't familiar with the guy. But yeah, I know he was at least yeah. he was with Black Rifle Coffee in some form or another. He was in Utah and mm. he had a beautiful family. And I think he had four or five kids, all relatively young. And, and you know, I just yeah. and I don't really know what happened. I haven't dug into it yet, but um, it, it, it well, all tough, signs man. point like, to, to not, not a good thing. Even with even with all those things, you just don't know what someone's carrying with them. You don't know what that weight is like. And I do believe I, I, it's a combination, right? There's a there's there are chemical things that happen in your body that trigger people to ultimately do that act. And I've heard someone who lost his son to suicide say his brain just had a heart attack, right? But then also the enemy is at play, right? And the enemy for me is the devil. And he, like in one Peter, is walking around like a lion looking for something to devour. And we must resist him. Yeah. But we can't do it alone, right? So he wants to get you isolated. And in a moment of weakness, he'll strike. <clears throat> so that's why groups like Camp Hope or my friends at Healing Transitions in Raleigh, which is a men's rehabilitation center, or even what our brothers in F3 are doing is putting proximity around other people so that you don't get isolated and you don't get into a moment where the enemy can come in and, and force you to take that final fateful act. And I think the more we can get in proximity to other people, uh, my hope is that that can help. Um, and so I, we just got to keep going, man. We can't have these dads and husbands and brothers and sons carrying so much weight where they feel like the only way out is to do the one thing we can't reverse. I know. I know. Yeah. You know, there was a time in my life, Brian, where I, I used to think years and years ago, but college, Hey, committing suicide is, um, I used to think that it was like, okay, you're, you're going to hell. I mean, really? I, I was just so, yeah, but sure. you know, you, we just don't know what these people are going through and there's no way that I would ever obviously think that now. Yeah. I hate it for people that feel they have to do that. And then for people that do it and then for the survivors, it's just, it's just awful all around. It is. It is. That's why we got to fight it. Right. Yeah. So armor up. Like, what do you want to do to folks that are listening? What can you do? First of all, there's great organizations that you can just go support, like just give them money. They need your help. And then you can continue to talk about it and to, and to, and to talk up when you're feeling that way. So I'll get in that circle of trust and F3 workout. And if you're feeling something, let somebody know, right? Like I, I promise you, there are, there are people, if you're listening to this show today with the two of us and you're feeling a certain way, my email address is brian at pickupthesix.com. Send me a note. We'll get you connected to people that can help, right? We, I'm not a professional. I'll sure the hell listen though. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. But we can also get you pointed in the direction of people that can help you because there's so much more out there for you than doing. I, I just always say that one thing that is irreversible. I don't care what you've done in your life. I don't, I don't care. Meaning I care about you. We can overcome anything except for the one thing. Yeah. Yeah. I asked a friend of mine who struggled with that and he, he's not military. I said, what do you need the most from me as your friend when you're feeling this way? And he said, I need no judgment. Yep. And I need somebody to listen. Yep. They don't always cool. need a solution. Sometimes it's just listen and shut up. I, and yeah, I, I don't tell them that, Hey man, I can't believe you're thinking that what's your problem. No, no way. And guys, just take the stigmas down, man. Like, Dad, I love you, right? I love your brother. I love your family. Like, just talk that way to people. It's okay. It's okay, guys. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk that way. It's okay to tell somebody you're hurting. 
right? Trust me, people like we want to help. Um, yeah. And you're right. Sometimes just, just, we, we might not solve anything today, but can I get you one more day further? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, what about F3? So F3 is a, a one great option, you know, for people who are struggling, whether it's necessarily, whether it's suicide or not, what's your involvement with F3? What, I mean, what's, what's its impact being on you? Oh, man, it's, Nation. It, it, yeah, it's a game changer, right? So my first workout, what we call an F3 is a post, uh, May 10th, 2017, uh, a college buddy of mine, who's one of my best friends now, uh, said, Hey man, I just went to this, uh, men's workout group. I, I think you'd really like it. And, you know, as, as a guy who grew up playing sports and being in a team atmosphere and, and loving every single time my dad took us to the squadron, right. Hanging out at the fighter squadron, hanging out in the squadron bar as a kid, right. Playing foosball, eating popcorn, like seeing that male camaraderie, right. Seeing those guys together and playing sports. I'd say I, I always like being a part of a team, but then you think about like what, what happens in life, like your high school buddies, well, that's a long time ago, your college friends, you know, unless you guys live around each other, they can fade away. And so we have a tendency, not all guys, but some guys to sort of get into this sort of male friendless rut. And I walked out to this workout and there were 40 guys out there who put it on the line for 45 minutes, then got in this circle at the end. They all give each other goofy nicknames because now you're part of this tribe, but they bond too. And, uh, and so I just was automatically drawn to it. Uh, even though they nicknamed me Hello Kitty, I jumped in with, you know, four paws, two feet, four paws. And, um, I just, man, you know, you've heard me talk about proximity, right? It's an organization that's built around proximity, purposefulness, and periodic because we're together all the time. And it's just, you know, listen to the mission statement, right? Plant, grow, and serve small workout groups for men for the invigoration of male community leadership. It's a leadership organization. It's a great fitness group. I'm in probably the best shape of my life. I just ran 36 miles over the course of a day at the Blue Ridge Relay. I would have never dreamed of doing that. And I've got really great friends who I can trust in a moment's notice who won't judge, who will mm -hmm. just listen, who will show up. Check this out. We've been, I've been really busy. Everybody's busy, but I've been really busy. And I'm, and I was stacked up against a time crunch. I'm getting ready to leave for this ultra race. I got a bunch of stuff going on and I got the, and I had just cleared out a big massive mound of Ivy and like a bush in my backyard. And I had it all neatly piled up, but I just, I was running out of time to get it moved before the seed guys are coming to aerate the very first world problem. I get it. <laughs> but I was like, Hey, can I hire somebody? Can I, somebody got a son, daughter, kids? I, can I just throw money at this problem? Have somebody come clean this up. Cause I'm just, I'm running out of time before I have to leave for this thing. And Jeff F3 Ma Bell was like, consider it done. I got home on Sunday. It's all gone. So you brought this up at one of the, after a workout or something. Is yeah. That so right? we use, we use Slack to communicate with our local region. Right. So we can mm -hmm. talk to each other throughout the day, post-workout details and all that. And I just said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm looking to hire somebody's 2.0 right? Or a crew, anybody got any kids that are looking to make a quick 50 bucks, right? Help me clear this stuff out. Yep. He said, consider it done. I got home. It was all gone. I said, who it, did no payment? Yeah. Just, and that's like, like a little thing, but who like that's, that's what we do. Um, and so, and it's across the nation, bro, we got, <laughs> we just planted a shovel. So we put a shovel flag in the ground, you know, right. Uh -huh. That sort of shows where the area of operation is for that day, where we're going to be working out that morning, Kenya, right. Germany, South Korea, about to go in Hong Kong. So this thing's starting to spread. And, and it's because I think it's centered around just, just guys getting together, men being men, mm -hmm. getting a good workout in, 
but also working on leadership skills, which I think is sort of something we need in this uh, world of ours. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love it. What's the background to Hello Kitty? How did you get it? <laughs> I'll tell you the whole story. It's usually better for in the gloom, but you know, I think you'll appreciate it. So I go to that first workout. It was a big day, right? I think the ideal workout is somewhere between 10 to 12 guys. But at this time in our region, this Wednesday morning workout was sort of like a weekly convergence where it was 30 guys. I mean, just, it was a big group, 30, 40 guys loud. It was a great time. And so we show up to the workout. Mind you, my buddy who has just gone the day before doesn't tell me much like, Hey, just show up at 545, <laughs> be in workout gear and we'll go. He doesn't say anything about getting a nickname. And as we're walking up, they're all calling him repeat up. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. They must be calling him that because he's right. He's he's back again. He's repeating. I didn't know that was the nickname they had given him the day before. So we get into the workout and we're halfway through it. And sort of the godfather of mumble chatter in our region, this guy named Bert, who just he's the best. He is the best. He's like, what's your name? I said, it's Brian. He goes, no, what do they call you? And I said, well, my friends call me Dice, right? My dad's call sign in the Air Force, our last name, J-O-D-I-C-E. His call sign in the Air Force was Dice. My nickname in high school for all my friends was Dice. My brothers and I all have matching Dice tattoo. Like it's our family thing, right? It's just the thing that we, that's what we do. So my friends call me Dice. So he's like, cool, Dice. All right, Dice, you know, bup, 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 Dice, 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 like uh, the whole time. So we get to the circle of trust at the end where all the guys say their name, their age, and then their F3 nickname. And I'm watching all these names go around. Like, man, some of these are interesting. Like, uh, you know, whatever. And it gets to me. And I just say, you know, Brian Jodas, 36 dice. And the place just lights me up in booze. I mean, they're just raining booze on my head because as they saw it, and you can see based on how I told you the story, I was not, I had no ill intention, but they thought I was nicknaming myself. And I can understand why they would. Uh -huh. And obviously that's a huge no-no. Right. You just you can't give yourself a nickname, whether it's your lifelong nickname or yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> and in the in the span of about 18 seconds, a guy yells out, call him Hello Kitty. And that was legit it. And I thought, well, you know what? Screw you guys. I have two daughters at home. We got more Hello Kitty merch in our house already. And I'm just going to totally embrace it. And that's what we did. And, you know, here we are five years later or whatever. Hey, hey, I just had a workout this morning. Uh, we, what do they named, call you down there? I'm 911. 911. Okay. Yeah. Cause my, uh, the hometown where I'm from, Haleyville, Alabama, is where 911 began. Okay. And uh, in fact, a friend of mine from Haleyville that, that I went to high school yeah. with is the one that got me into this. So yeah, I'm 911. And um, I had a good workout this morning. And we named two guys, two new guys. And mm -hmm. I know, I know for the listeners, we haven't gotten into, we're not telling you everything about F3, but it's a men's workout group and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always outdoors, yeah. rain or shine, hot yeah. or cold. And uh, it's, yeah, it's great. You know, something cool, Brian, is the weekend of Labor Day, we had a convergence downtown Huntsville, all the AOs. We had 76 or 78 guys. Well, but as I was walking from my truck to the, to the point there around the, near, yeah. the, near the shovels, there was, a, there was, this is downtown Huntsville. So there was some homeless people and there was a guy that's like, Hey, mommy asked you what y'all are doing. I say, well, working out men's workout group. And I said, you can join us if you want to. He said, Okay. And he had his garbage bag full of his clothes. Mm -hmm. He said, the Salvation Army kicked me out at five in the morning. And I was like, okay, well, and so he came over and I was like, well, this guy, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he's not really going to do it. And then I told him, hey, we're having breakfast after you need to have breakfast with us. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, he's going to, he definitely wants some breakfast and he deserves some breakfast. Well, the guy did the whole workout and it was, it was a killer workout yeah. for an hour, full hour. Yeah. We moved all around and I, I wasn't with him the whole time. But we got there to the end and he was still going. And so it was it was awesome to see him do That's that in, in his 
he wasn't dressed to work out. He had sure. on some some crazy pants and probably some bad shoes, but he did it. He ate with us, and it was awesome. I hope he's come back. I don't go to that one mm-hmm. much downtown Huntsville, but uh, hopefully he's come back to it. Here, here's here's why I know it's – there's a lot of reasons why I know it's special, and I'm very fortunate. I sit uh, in a position uh, with the national organization where I do a lot of our communications and right do podcasts over there and communicate about what we're doing, and there's a lot of great things – in and around this amazing organization. But, you know, we'll go back to my dad, right? Uh, Air Force veteran, uh, 36 years in fighter squadrons. And I saw him stand in that circle and he does F3 all the time. He's big into it now. 67 years old, still busting ass, like just getting after like a beast. And I saw him stand in that circle one morning and he said, hey guys, I want to tell you something. He said, I have not seen this level of camaraderie around a group of men since I left a fighter squadron. And I thought, man, for a guy like that to say that, and he still has all his fighter squadron t-shirts, right? He's tiger, tiger all the way. He's an Eagle. He's a chief. Like he's got all that gear, but equal to that now are the F3 shirts he wears. That man's in F3 gear all the time. And I say, well, you know what? If a man of that caliber is, is willing to put that thing on his chest and believe in it, we must be on to something here. Um, and, and, uh, we're not going to solve all the world's problems, but we're going to be part of the solutions. We are going to be part of the solution of, of male suicide. I don't know if you've seen this week, but I've seen F3 regions across the country posting about here is our schedule. Ladies, if you're getting up early in the dark and you want to go for a run and work out, but you're worried based on what we saw happen out of Tennessee last week mm-hmm. or two weeks ago, whenever that was that terrible act, here's where we'll be. We got you. Let us know you're there. We'll keep an eye on you. That's that's what I think makes this a special thing. Built around fitness, fellowship, and faith, and a credo of leaving no man behind, but leaving no man where we found him. Yeah. In that pick up the six mindset, right? And I give all the credit to F3 for unlocking in me the desire to pursue this podcast and these stories. That means, yeah, we're not going to leave you behind, but we're not going to leave you where we found you. Like, you're coming with us. We're moving you forward. And I think that's pretty powerful. Yeah. What's one of your favorite exercises with F3? Man, I, yeah. So I like to get, I, I, I led a workout this morning. Uh, I was at Dante's peak here in uh, apex. And so, you know, my ideal workout is if it's a, if it's what we call sort of a regular boot camp, right? We got high tempo boot camps. We're running a bunch. We got limited run, but if I'm doing a regular boot camp, I like to try to get the guys to cover at least two miles. Right. And I like to get just a good combination of we're doing some shoulder, we're doing some chest, we're doing some core, we're doing some legs. Um, love a classic push up. Uh, I love burpees. I'm not great at them, but I mean, there's not much better for your entire shebang uh-huh. uh, than doing some burpees. Love a good monkey humper, you know, for the guys listening, they know what I'm love. A yeah. Good yeah. I did those last week. Love a good pickle pounder. We've got goofy. This it sounds goofy, right? And it is. It's kind of a cult and that's fine. We got goofy names for everything. Um, you know, so uh, a monkey humper is where you stand and grab your ankles and, you know, pump your butt up in the air. You look totally ridiculous. Love a good Homer to Marge laying on your back, thrusting up. So uh, what's the, pi- the pickle pump? Pickle you... pounder. Yeah. What's that? Pickle pounder is like you're in like a, you know, like a plank or like what we call a chill cut position and pickle pounding the pavement. You know, you can get an idea. What nice. <laughs> There's all that kind of stuff, man. It's tons of fun. And you know, one thing, um, like, uh, I mean, you know, not a lot of credit, but I created a thing called bull in the burpee ring. 
So remember, you know, f- former high school football player, get all the guys in a big circle, right? Uh-huh. And they're chopping feet the whole time. And I throw two guys in the middle and they race to five burpees, right? Losers got to take a lap. Winner goes back in the circle. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, that's good. In the burpee rings a fun one. I usually bring it to town when I'm traveling or break it out. It's really fun. We got big groups because competitive juices get flowing. Yeah. Right? Cause now they're racing, man. Like now they're mono we mono. Do they have to clap at the top uh, of burpee or? Uh, we're a no clap. Okay. The clap's only going to slow you down. You're, you need to, you need to get up, jump, put your hands over your head, but they don't have to clap. Okay. Team no mm-hmm. clap. All right. Gotcha. But I don't really care. As long as you're doing burpees, we're good. Do you ever come to Huntsville? It's, I don't, man, I don't know if I've ever been there before. I need okay. to though. I need okay. To. It's, it's pretty Space strong Coast. here. What's that? Space Coast. Is that where you guys are? Or is that yeah. in Florida? Well, no, we're not on the coast, but we are space. Rocket City. Yeah. yeah. North yeah, Alabama. Rocket City. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what else, Brian? What about pick up the six or about F3 or anything else about you? Oh, man. I just, I'm just grateful. You know, uh, I've got a great family, you know, a supportive wife. Two great daughters. It's a wild world, man. I was one of three boys. So it's just been a lot of <laughs> a lot of learning on the job. But uh, we're just grateful, man. We're grateful for the chance to get to meet people like you. You know, I think back to just all the connections we've been able to make, which is so neat, right? Like, so we had our conversation. Then I have Eric Holman on, who's a CCT guy. Who's yeah. like, yeah, man, I know about Mark. Had Dan Skidmore on. Who's like, I knew Mark. So to be able to do that, um, I just, I'm just very fortunate to be able to be a part of hearing from these awesome people and sharing stories about things that I hope, uh, inspire people to sort of think outside themselves, right. And to think about how we're all connected to something a little bit bigger than ourselves. Yeah. Well, I watched the video from your ultra, uh, yeah. did you make that video? Who, who put that together? Bro, I ran 36 miles and shot. <laughs> that was, <laughs> we just, we just did it. I had a go, we had a GoPro. <laughs> And I had another guy in the van who was using his phone to get a bunch of the exchanges. So this Blue Ridge relay is 208 mile race, but we were just running it relay from Grayson Highlands Park in Virginia, all the way down to Asheville. And you don't stop, right? Somebody from your team is always running. We had a six man team. So it means each guy was running six legs and mine totaled about 36 over, you know, my first leg between my first leg and my last leg was 27 hours or something like that. So we just, you know, grabbed all the footage out in the field, you know, shot some with intentionality, grabbed wherever we could. I'll be honest with you. I wish I had more, but it's kind of hard to try to stay alive, run six legs, produce a bunch of video. (laughs) So we just had some, we had some fun with it out there with a GoPro and a couple iPhones and and threw it together. It's What kind of shoes and socks did you use? Uh, so I, uh, I am, I like, uh, I wore my Allbird tree flyers. Uh, I wore my Saucony rides, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, I wore a pair of, uh, Brooks launch on one of my shorter legs. I took a bunch of shoes. Okay. I knew it was going to be raining. Usually I would take two or three pairs. I had four pair out there this year. Cause I just knew we we're going to be in the rain. And then the last pair I wore was a pair of Nike Pegasus trail runners. They're freaking so comfortable. I know not everybody loves Nike, but whatever. They're so comfortable. And I, my last leg, my first leg was seven and a half miles. I wore the tree flyers on that. My next leg was only three. So I had a nice break. And then I had this seven and a half mile. That was a brand new leg that was just back through this gravelly. Almost all of it was uphill. It was a beast. I wore the Saucony's on that one. They performed like a champ. And then on my last leg, and I had two sort of moderate legs in the middle, a three and a halfer and a four and a halfer before this nine miler to finish down the mountain in the rain, 
half of it on gravel. And I was like, I think I got to wear the comfortable trail runners. Cause I was just worried about slipping. Yeah. Uh, and like water was like going across the course on that one for the first. Uh, so they were great on that. That thing was a beast, dude. I've got, uh, either features stance or mud gear socks or what I'm wearing. And if you don't mind, if folks go to mudgear.com and they use my code P U T and the number six, they can save 15% off. So your listeners can get a little bit. Yeah, that's great. Their, their socks are great. I was in mud gear shorts. I was in mud gear shirt on a few different things. Um, I, I bring, uh, if you're if doing six legs like that, be, because of wetness and chafing, I'm in new gear for every leg. Okay. I had one pair of shorts that I, I rinsed and repeated cause I wore it on a short leg and I was like, those were really comfortable. I'm going to wear them again on the nine mile at the end, but they were dry and ready to go in time for that one. But I'm in, dude, I'm in fresh compression, right? Fresh tops. Because I've got, you got four hour break or so in between each leg. Mm -hmm. And if you keep that, and we were very fortunate, it kind of was overcast and rained a bunch. So we could have been a lot sweatier and a lot grosser. I've been in worse conditions in years past, but that meant everything was kind of damp and wet. So I'm just in fresh gear, fresh socks on every leg um, because it just, it just makes a difference. And it just, it just makes me feel better. Like, okay, cool. I'm in fresh gear. Let's go get after it on this next leg. And and kind of do like that. So I just pack everything up in the Ziploc bags, throw all the gross stuff into a big Ziploc bag, wait till you get home on Sunday, open it up, toss it right in the washing machine. Mm-hmm. Had your stomach do. Had your stomach I, I, any, any dude, issues? I, it, it was good. We, um, I learned, I've been doing this. I ran that race five years now, six man team the last two years. For me, I've got to take good liquid nutrition. So huge shout out to the guys at Tailwind. Love their product. Their endurance fuel is great and their recovery powders are really good too. And so you can get a lot of caloric intake and what you need from a salt standpoint from, you know, water consumption mixed with those. But then you also like, you just got to eat real food for me. I I can't eat a bunch of power bars and cliff bars and stuff and run. Yeah. I got like, we made before we got uh, to the course on Thursday night, we made individual rice and chicken bowls, right? So every guy had a little Tupperware with some with some rice, with some chicken, a little Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce on top. So we had some real nutrition to fold in. And then, um, you know, other stuff like those recovery drinks are great. Like after, after the big legs, the seven, the seven and the nine, I did chocolate almond milk and a salted caramel tailwind recovery. And it was like drink. It was like a, re- you know, like a, he says in uh, Inglorious Bastards, it's like a reward. <laughs> it was like a reward getting to drink one of those after those tough legs. And that helps a lot too. But it's funny. I was talking to guys this morning, you know, when you got six legs on a relay like that, like you can't, you can't let your legs lock up. You got to keep rolling, you know, and they respond pretty well. But after that sixth one, I, I got in the car and I sat down and I got up like 10 minutes later and I was, I was done. And I think my body knew like, yeah, you're done here. And, uh, grabbed a burger, cracked a beer and, and, then uh, I let all the lactic acid settle in and kind of felt it for the next few days, but all good. Yeah, man. That, great video. Uh, I, I figured you were, I remember you were advertising I thought you were going to grow ruck. Um, uh, but, but I've got a grow ruck coming up, uh, in October. So my next, uh, sort of, uh, physical endurance event will be what in F3 we call Grow Ruck. For any of your listeners that are Go Ruck fans, I liken it to, I, I, is it a, I think it's a heavy, right? 
So a light is usually three to four hours. Mm -hmm. I think a heavy is kind of in that 12 hour range. And then there's uh -huh. a tough 24. Is that right? I always got the heavy and tough mixed up. Yeah. But, yeah. Either way, wh whichever one is sort of in the 12 hour range. But so in F3, we call it grow ruck because we do more than just the ruck movement. We do a workout in the morning. We do about two, three hours of book learning, head knowledge, leadership skills. And then we go out into the gloom and we do, they're more than 12 hours. They're usually like, 15 or 16 hours of that big ruck movement where you're not only just moving with weight, but we've got logs and you've got PT tests, but then you also have guys having a lead. You've got platoon leaders and, you know, and so it's, it's a real leadership movement. So my next one will be uh, the weekend of October 8th. We'll be in Virginia beach, which should be a blast. Should be nice and wet, nice and Sandy. And uh, we'll get after it that night too, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you've got some good gear. You got a GR1 or a GR2 you're going to carry for that? Uh, I got a Rucker. I got a 20 liter Rucker, yeah. which fits me really well. I'm not super tall, right? I'm sort of short and compact. I'm built for comfort, not speed. Uh, so my Rucker fits me really well. I got to get a little creative on how I pack it. Um, I did an event uh, last year where we had to carry six liters of water and that was tight. Um, but I think we're back to three liter requirement for this one. So by the time I put three liters of water in, you know, dry bag, extra Nalgene with some other stuff. It, it, it packs in there, but it fits me really well. And you got Those a 30 pound plate, right? 30 pound plate, right? By the time you're packed out with water and a plate, it's damn near 50 pounds, yeah. 40, 50 yeah. pounds. So, and I'll train with that, right? So for the next few weeks, I got a 15 K ruck movement Saturday morning. I'll put in at least 40 pounds, I think in the ruck for that, to get ready for that thing. And, but man, if you've never felt a big old log hit your shoulder. Even if you got 10, 12, 15 guys with you carrying it. I mean, I, I remember the first time I felt that my, I let out a noise that I don't, I just, it was uncontrollable because I felt like the entire log was on me. It wasn't, <laughs> but you just, it's incredible. But yeah. there's also something really amazing about being a part of a team like that and helping get guys through it. Yeah. It's not always about you, right? It's about the other guy that's maybe on your right. That's like, I can't go any longer. Or maybe that's you. You need somebody to help you. So they're cool. Yeah, going through pain together is a good thing. Yeah, man. And we got to go seek it out, right? We live in a very comfortable world. I got air conditioner where I'm at. You do too. I got a cup of coffee right here. I can walk downstairs, get something to eat, and walk across the street, right? Mm -hmm. Very comfortable yep. world. And yep. it's not for everyone. We don't take that for granted, right? We're very blessed and fortunate to live in that comfortable world. So I think that means that we need to go out and seek some discomfort. We need to seek some of that. Um, and we need to rejoice in our suffering. Like, it's good. Go get a little uncomfortable. Go suffer a little bit. Go physically suffer, maybe sometimes even spiritually. You got to put yourself through hard stuff. But the hope that awaits you on the other side of that, I think it makes it all worth it. Yep, that's exactly right. Anything else, Brian? Brother, I'm having a blast. Like we could keep you on, let's keep rolling. What else do you want to talk about? I got a lot. Hey, I could start talking about gear, about workouts, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, those I are those those ruck events are so much fun. Um, and uh, I mean, I can't, I'm excited to do that one in October. It'll be good. Well, I've got on a new one of the brand new um, Go Ruck long sleeve T-shirts. Nice. nice. I just got it in the mail yesterday, so um, I was just prepping for some of the cooler weather outdoor workouts mm -hmm. and um, getting another shirt that's kind of tough. Doesn't matter if I lay on the in the parking lot, you know. And yeah, yeah. Well, huge shout out to bit. Jason McCarthy. Not only do they create great product, right? I love their rucksacks, their tactical hats are the most comfortable tactical hat I've ever worn. I mean, they're so comfortable. Their yeah. hats are freaking the best. All their stuff's great, but they've also created an amazing community. 
And that's what yep. I love about them the most. I see somebody with a go ruck sticker on their car. I'm like, well, I gotta go talk to that guy. Yeah. Or gal. Uh-huh. Like it's awesome. And uh, I think they've tapped into something there. And they've tapped into this. We've talked, right? Get outside, get going, yep. get dirty. That's right. Right. Put some weight on. Feel it. Feel that weight with every step. Feel it a little bit. So yeah, and be you. with some other people. And now I've got yeah. it into the sand. I got a sandbag. I got some sand kettlebells. Yep. I introduced those at my I I did I had a uh, VQ couple weeks mm-hmm. ago i introduced some of those and some of my workouts so yeah they, they're they're doing great things yeah yeah love i it. wish i had a second job where i could pay for all the gear that i would like to buy from <laughs> yeah, them can stack up a little bit can it good gosh yeah i know and they're always coming out with cool new stuff I'm like oh i don't need that but i sure do want it hey, and now you got payment plans and interest free mm-hmm. so they're they're making it easy <laughs> yeah right, brian it's been a pleasure man thanks for being on and and I look forward to getting this one aired. So, uh, and I'm going to have some links, of course, to to some of these episodes that you've mentioned. Yeah. Um, probably some other things as well. And I'll probably link my episode where you interviewed me on yours mm-hmm. back last summer. Yep, absolutely, man. I'm just so grateful for you, what you're doing here, um, right? Just keeping legacy alive and and tying it around patriotism and just reminding people, right? We got so much to be grateful for. We got so many blessings around us. We got so many amazing people that do incredible things on behalf of our country, and it's worth sharing it. I'm just proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I agree. Keep up the great work, Brian, and appreciate you. You, you are a great American and a patriot, and you're you're helping many people. And so you don't know. I know you don't know the influence that you have with your podcast and anything else that you're doing, but it's it's growing and it's impacting many people, and will continue to. So Thank keep you. it up. You got it. Thanks for listening to my show today. I'm trying to grow the popularity of Patriot to the Core podcast, and I've been doing this since 2016, and yet am still under 100,000 downloads. So now that I'm on Spotify, will you give me a five-star rating and write a review? If you don't feel like it deserves a five-star, then please give it what you feel it deserves. But uh, Spotify requires you to listen to at least one episode before you can rate and review. But the good news is you, you have the option to speed up the episodes. So if you weren't already listening to this on Spotify. Of course, Apple Podcasts allows this opportunity too. You can speed it up 1.2, 1.5, two times or more the speed so you can get through them quicker. If Apple Podcasts, which is formerly iTunes, is your player of choice, then please rate and review it there also. But these ratings and reviews are critical to becoming easily found and so that the podcast player recommends my podcast to other listeners. But thank you for the support. And thank you if you've already rated and reviewed the podcast. And if you have a recommended guest for me for my show, please email me at thad at patriottothecore.com. See you next time.